Let me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Doug Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful vase. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and smoking cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. Here's our co host, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B and Lot B Plus out here in sunny, bright, warm, beautiful, uh, a little a little windy earlier today. Uh, California, Randy, how are you feeling today? I got a couple I got a couple things right off the top I got to get into. Um, you know, some of them were were about the pre pre-show setup. Uh, some of them were about your opening. I I'm going to be honest, I'm just shocked that we got on the air at all given the um the flan foolery yeah. and shenanigans going on. It seemed like you screwed up your setup pretty damn good this week. Flan foolery. Surprised that we were able the to recover from it. The flan foolery. You heard me, Jordan. See, Jordan knows it's his fault. That's why he's he's responding to my flan foolery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but we got we got to roll this back. Like we need to have like a post or pre-production meeting to like uh, uh, baptize. I mean, you got a backdrop that doesn't make it be plus. Like like. Lot B, for those of you that haven't followed along, uh, B, uh, Lot B is actually a reference that, uh, that uh, Wonder Kid Jordan, uh, our, our steadfast producer, um, uh, sourced from, um, it's, it's actually a release line within the Pappy Van Winkle line. Is that right, Jordan? Something yep. like that, right? Yeah. So Lot B is like this very specific thing. And, and I, you know, I didn't love that you immediately, once you went to your crappy garage, started calling it B minus. But now you have, a, like, B-plus literally elevates you above my state-of-the-art setup. And, like, let's be honest, you're sitting on a folding chair right now. <laughs> I, I mean, no, no response. Let's, let's move on. Randy is a mess. And uh, we are. We got a wild card. It's a wild card episode, though, right? So you never it really know what's going to happen. 
anything can happen. Randy can show up late. He can show up with all kinds of, uh, at least you're centered on the camera now. We can hear you. You're not blowing out anybody's eardrums. And you have pants on. So we are moving in the right direction, Randy. And I am am a happy camper for uh, two reasons. Two reasons. Uh, Well, three, actually. Uh, One, because I love doing the show. So I'm a happy camper. I look forward to Wednesdays. It's a lot of fun for me. Two, we're drinking scotch. And three, can I fire Randy from on the show, during not, the show? Not, not mid-air, yeah. Eric. Mid-show. Please. I'm into that. <laughs> uh, and, and three, Randy, we're drinking peated scotch, no less. Not just scotch, peated uh, scotch. So everybody hates me this week. Although, Randy, you got a pass, and I even told you how to pair it perfectly. So I hope that you followed the instructions from the live earlier this week. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Go ahead and hit that share button if you're watching us on Facebook. And, Randy, they need to mash the like. Is it smash or mash the like button? Smash. Smash. Smash, smash it, bro. Yeah. Like Hulk If smash you mash it, it it's my, not the shirt. same. No, mashing it would be horrible. Weird. Uh, do you yeah, even weird. know, Robbie, see, see, I'll tell you. Here's here's the problem with us uh, drinking peated scotch today. Because... I'm the one Straight that engaged the, our audience members and and found out that today was National Scotch Day. It was my idea to make this a Scotch wild card, and you hijacked it with your smoky mess. Did you know that it was National Scotch Day? I did uh, because uh, a good friend of ours on the Dojo Verse, and I was going to look it up mm-hmm. to see who it was, but Todd it's, T. I, I can't. It's Todd, and Todd always reminds us, and most of the time, Todd unfortunately, Randy ignores you. Um, and I wait, uh, I kind of wait for something that I'm really interested in to pop up. So once you said it was Scotch Week, I acknowledged that one. I think I even commented or responded to that one, which is weird because I'm, I'm rarely ever on the dojo for whatever reason. Um, I just need to work it back into my schedule. I don't know. I just got busy. New job, Randy, got me busy. Randy I don't know if there's enough time. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's enough time. But we've got peated Scotch this week. I'm excited. I know the boys back in the dugout are uh, are very very excited to experience <laughs> this smoky, peaty goodness. So yeah, uh, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. Tonight, um, Jordan and I, we are not going to. We're not just gonna. We, we could come out easily and just say, "Oh, like I hate peated scotch." Like right? We're not gonna do that. I'm gonna give this. 100% as if I love it and I'm going to give it the most fair possible um, you know analysis that I possibly can because you know what I hate is, what I hate is when guys like they review a cigar and they say like you know like I'm gonna review this uh, Connecticut shade uh, cigar I just so you know I freaking hate Connecticut shades they're the worst cigars on the planet and so I'm now I'm gonna review this cigar so to me, that's just like, well, why even review that cigar? Like, so tonight, me and Jordan, we're not going to do that. We are going to, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. Uh, yes, you guys all know that we're bourbon guys, but we're going to give this, uh, we're going to give this the most fair, honest. It's like I've never even we had a peated scotch yeah. before. Yeah. So there you go, boys. Here we go. You're maintaining objectivity. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Um, that's really exciting. And I think we're actually drinking the same thing and we'll, we'll get into that here shortly. But, uh, Randy, I know that you're upset about peated scotch. What is it? It's like, have you, have you other than, have you actually had peated scotch before? I know you yeah, complain about this it show time, like 19 you. times because you keep making me drink it. 
We've we've done it on the show before. <laughs> yes, you even gave me the little lab, the Lavaluvin sixteen, and Lavaluvin. Yeah, the Lavaluvin, the Ablicor, Lavalier. The, I've drank them all. I've, dr- I've drank them all, man, and every and, one of and them you, and you is just, you worse just, than you the last. You just love it. You love it. <laughs> I know you love it. Um, you know, so, but, but, but I but I gotta say, like like it's not it's, you know specific to peated scotches that I I'm adverse to. Uh, I also don't care for Rauch beers, um, which is also peated uh, malt. Uh, for a uh, German style beer, mm-hmm. I got really into it for a short period of time, and I drank them all the time. And I I don't know if I just ruined my palate for it, but like I went from like drinking them on the regular to swearing them off and hoping I never had to drink them again. And then I, I signed up for this show, and somehow you got editorial rights over. Uh, National Scotch Day this year, which I mean, yeah, but don't I we always like saying that we learn more from the the failures on the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Failures we, one thing, just gross beverages <laughs> is another. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played, Randy. I'm glad you brought up uh, the Roke, 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 Most people just uh, say Roush beer. Roush beer, yeah. 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 It is a rashiest of all the beers. I'm, I'm glad you. <laughs> this is why we don't amazing. let Jordan talk that much early <laughs> in the show because we can get you derailed wondering. pretty quickly. Mm. <laughs> That's why. Uh, it, it is. It, that is why. Um, so the peaty flavor comes from the same the same source uh, for whether it's a rauk beer or it's a peated scotch. Um, it's there. It's using peat to fire and dry the malted barley. So, those of you who don't know what peat is, peat is basically it's decayed vegetation. It's um, it comes from like a bog area. Bog is where you don't get a lot of um, <coughs> drainage, so the water just kind of sits there. The plant matter plants die. Uh, there's no uh, water drainage. Eventually, they dry out and they turn into what is known as peat. Uh, which I guess is kind of so known rotted as a plants, basically with yeah. some soil. Uh, rotted plants in my drink. <laughs> yeah, it's not in your drink. Um, it was used to dry something that was used to make your drink. So it's technically not really in there, but you know whatever you want to say. Um, huh. So Pete was used kind of as kind of like the basic fuel source. I would, I would. So it's in there, right? Here. We have. We've got rotten plants and soil in the drink. It it influenced your beverage. It's not actually in your beverage. There's no actual computer beverage. Rotted plants in my drink. (laughs) Meow. This is awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm trying to explain to people what is actually going on here, and <laughs> Eric's falling asleep. Like this is <laughs> you got to be high enough in the in the camera frame Sorry. to where we can see you. I was I'm laughing at the at the hilarity of the. It's thing. one. It's, great. it's one of those moments, Eric, and I'm sure you've had these in your life. It's like, why do I even bother? No, I'm I'm like, I, I'm listening to what you're saying. Go keep going. I love no, it. I I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, listening. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it was kind of the. The, the main fuel used in Scotland way back in the day um, because it was everywhere. And you basically just scoop it out of the ground, you throw it into your fireplace, and it burns. Uh, so is there a scotch that tastes like bourbon uh, that I'm in? John and there kind Jones. of is. If you... Yeah, yeah there's... Balvini. Yeah. 
I don't know the brands, but there are lots of scotches that are aged like a bourbon, new charred oak barrels, the whole the whole nine, and they are very bourbon like. Yeah, well, and that's well, t- that's where tell the tell us a little bit about that, Robbie. A little bit about what? Scotches about aged like bourbon. That, okay, um, why there's some that are peated and why there are some that are not? Because I still don't always remember that. Well, the, the so initially. <clears throat> And this is back in the day when they didn't have access to other ways to fire their, uh, to dry their, uh, the malted barley. Um, peat was just the most accessible thing. So it was mm-hmm. everywhere. So it was just an accessibility issue. Um, after a while, a lot of uh, distilleries got away from that when they had other options. Uh, one of the things that was available is called Coke. I don't know what it is, but it was a fuel source and it burned much cleaner than peat. So you didn't get that flavor. Um, now, for the most part, it's, I mean, they're kiln dried or, or whatever. Uh, but if you want to have this peated scotch flavor, you actively have to use the peat to dry out your uh, malted barley. Uh, as far as some that taste like whiskey, or I, I beg your pardon, they, t- they all taste like whiskey. They taste like bourbon. I've, I've tasted some that, you know, yeah, of their first fire American oak barrels, um, you do get some of that same kind of caramely kind of notes from them. Um, I, it's still, there's a fundamental difference in flavor to me, and I, I can't really explain it other than I know I'm drinking scotch, and it kind of tastes a bit like bourbon, but it's not bourbon, if that makes well, any sense. Well, uh, what, what is the, I, I hate to put you on the spot if you don't know this right, right off the top of your head. Um, obviously, we know one of the key uh, flavor components of bourbon is the 51% usage of corn in the grist, um, scotch is an all malt product or right. It's all malt, right? They don't even yeah. use, there's, there's um, no corn in there at all. Right. Right. I'm no complexity. <laughs> what we're Jordan, trying to do is we're trying to go for just no complexity. Jordan, Jordan, oh, sorry, sorry. you're getting away. Okay. You're getting away from the theme. I forgot. I, I, I would, ar- I would argue that scotch is significantly more complex, but it, it all has to do with, with your palate. Flavor is so subjective. I can, I mean, to me, I, I think my scotch palate is more developed in the sense that I, I know a bit of what to expect, <clears throat> and I know more why it tastes the way that it tastes. With bourbon, I just think, yeah, it's pretty good. And mm. I, I, can't, I can't really discern so much between, well, this one came from Kentucky and this one came from Tennessee. Well, if I can speculate a little bit, and, 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 and all the joking aside, it is it is a wild card. I thought we'd be a little bit loose and fun uh, to start out and give uh, Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Time. Thanks for the heads Yeah! Up. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really intentional. It just kind of happened. I almost left. Um, I was this close. I could tell. Um, but, but you know, go, go back to what we already know about these ingredients, right? Like uh, like our beer knowledge, I think there's a lot – well, well, there's clearly some differences. There's, there's some um, – there's some learnings that can translate and be applied over here, right? Is it, you know, corn in general during fermentation ferments much cleaner. We know that it gives a sweet character for bourbon, but um, but malt by definition is going to be a much more complex sugar strain that it's adding to to the grist. So it is going to give kind of more of a depth of flavor. Um, you know, again, we've t- talked so much about adjuncts and lighter. Uh, I mean, industrial lagers if you will that that the corn and the rice give this very neutral flavor because they ferment out so clean because they're shorter uh chain sugars um so so i think i think just based on that but and and i'm 
obviously I'm kind of talking pre-distillation, just I mean, we know that about the fermentation in general, that it, it's going to be a, a more complex, more depth of flavor because of these longer strain uh, sugars being that this is an all malt product versus something that's using those, uh, you know, shorter chain sugar adjuncts. Sure. Fair enough. It, what? Uh, yes. Uh, I did confirm because I didn't want to give anyone any incorrect information that a scotch must use 100% malted barley. And so yeah. that's that's so that's the base. Uh, right. The and base and th th there, there's <clears throat> another thing, too. Right. Is, is a lot of the, the distillate um, grists we talk about will, will often impart even even in bourbons where they're using 51% corn. You still have a little, uh, maybe ten percent rye or a little bit of wheat. Again, that's it's giving giving you um, a an opportunity to add some additional um, complexities and spiciness from rye or whatnot. But like not just malt, but malted barley so specifically. So um, okay, so we're we're on track. But but I but I did want to point out because I was pushing. You know, I I had told you, Robbie, I, I picked uh, uh, probably my first bottle of scotch. That wasn't uh, for the show, just out of interest. Um, I had picked up a Glenmorangie Nectar d'Or, which um, is a much, much sweeter um, and uh, and it, more viscous, it, you know, almost like a after dinner or dessert scotch. So I thought That's that was kind of it, 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 it is syrupy. It's it's almost too much, right? Um, definitely need ice in that. Um, but it is interesting that that scotch. Um, covers such a, a wide range of flavor where I, I, I would argue that bourbon and rye, uh, even Irish whiskey, um, all kind of fit. A, they're a little bit more of a tighter grouping, if you will, um, where scotch really mm. covers a, a much wider kind of bandwidth of, of different flavor contributors. Completely, 100% agree. And I, I, that you, that's well said, the way that you said that. Um, the way that you said that, Randy, is well said. Um, I, I like the way that you described it because that's that's how it, it is in my head, and that's because I feel like there's so much, there's so many different uh, contributions from whether it's the uh, whether it's using peat or it's not peated or it's slightly peated like uh, the whiskey that you're drinking, Randy, or it's <clears throat> aged in or it's finished in. Uh, I mean, you'll find some that are finished in bourbon barrels. They're finished in right. uh, Oloroso sherry casks. They're finished in. Uh, Cabernet barrels. So there's, that's where the the differences in the Scotch really come from, um, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure someone else can speak more intelligently on that. So where, it's, you might say that it's a bit uh, limited by the fact that it's 100% malted barley, mm -hmm. and bourbon has these impacts from these other things, uh, where Scotch really gets where it differentiates, at least for me is the uh the barrels that you're that you're finishing it in whether it's right. you know like i said all those things are just listed now you can do that with uh with american whiskey too i don't know if you can do that and still call it bourbon i don't think you can right well no uh, that's one of the things i was gonna say is like there's these limitations right it's like right that it has to be under a certain proof it has to go into new american oak like there, there there's there's these standards of expectations of, of how you process it after it's distilled where it does feel like scotch has it's just like, well, you know, here's a couple things up front that you have to do. But after that, it's kind of the Wild West. Yeah, to an extent, I think there is a limitation on uh, ABV, um, at least ABV that they can legally uh, export. I think 62% okay. is as high as it can be. 
um, which uh, when I was, I can't remember which distillery I was at um, <coughs> when uh, the wife and I did a trip to Scotland, but uh, I bought some whiskey there and it was it was 59.98% and, uh, and it was delicious. And he said, yeah, you know, usually like we can't export anything. It's over, uh, it's over 60%, not 62. And mm. uh, he said, so this one's actually 59.9, but a lot of the times you'll get it could be 65, it could be 66, but they kind of... Right. They calculated to be 59, and then it ends up in, the way it ends up. <laughs> indeed, yeah. That was, uh, that was he, what he was uh, initiating on that one. Uh, so for me, I'm drinking the classic Lagavulin 16, uh, that Luli, whatever you called it, Randy, Lagavulin 16 uh, is what I'm drinking. I think that's what they're drinking back in Colorado as well. Now, Randy, I know you went uh, with something that's a little bit lighter on the peat. Yes. So um, at your uh, so this is this isn't all it doesn't really matter who you vote for this week because Robbie chose uh, both of our uh, pairings um, because I I was being a little bit childish and and refusing to engage uh, on this one. Um, But but Robbie did me a solid and uh, geared me towards the Oban single malt West Highland Scotch whiskey. Um, this one actually, I was reading all these different, uh, uh, all these descriptors to Ravi uh, of the ones that I I was looking at in the store, and this one stuck out to me because smoky was the last thing uh, <laughs> listed after like all these like fruits and like more pleasant adjectives, where than the other ones I was considering was like smoke in your face, and then once you get past that, there's maybe some other secondary flavors. <laughs> um, so I was excited about this, but I but but I gotta tell you, right? I am confused. I was sure, in my mind, which shows how little I know about Scotch. I was sure that Highland Scotch was very specifically like the other Scottish Scotch that wasn't Isla. But this, and so I thought I the Isla, Isla. meant peated, and and Highland meant not peated. But this is peated and from Highland, so. Is there no correlation to peat and Isla in Highland? So Isla whiskey, and again, this is uh, from, uh, take this with a grain of salt. Isla whiskey is uh, an island off the, the lower west coast of Scotland. And I, I can tell you, I'll pull up exactly which distilleries are there. But they, uh, for the most part, are all um, using peat. So they're all heavily peated. That it's so not Isla, exclusive. You know yes, for the most part, it's not Others exclusive. Others can use it. I see. I see. Right. Uh, this this uh, um, the Scotch the Scotch Whiskey Association a Scotch Whiskey Association uh, says that Isla is a magical island where the majority of its population are involved in whiskey production, uh, famous for fiery, heavily peated whiskeys, um, and that is so. There's different regions. <clears throat> We've gone over this before. There's Speyside, uh, Lowlands, uh, Highlands, and Campbellton. Um, and they all have slightly different uh, flavor profiles. And we could, I mean, I could really just read it from here. Uh, Speyside is not the largest region, but it is the most densely populated whiskey region. Um, so it's, I think that's where you're getting uh, your, uh, your larger producers. 
uh, are coming from Speyside Lowlands, uh, soft and smooth malts, characteristics from the region. So you're going to get a gentle, elegant palate reminiscent of grass, honeysuckle cream, ginger, toffee, toast, and cinnamon, which sounds like Lowlands are going to pair very, very nicely with your Connecticut Shade wrappers. Um, Speyside, I skipped the fruit, fl- the fruit profiles, apple, pear, honey, vanilla, and spice. Uh, all have a part in the role, uh, and they are, a lot of them are matured in uh, sherry casks up there as well. Uh, the Highland region also takes in the islands. If you're familiar with Scotland, it goes way up uh, north, and there's a bunch of islands up there. Uh, has a huge diversity in flavors and character profiles, uh, li- from lighter whiskeys all the way down to salty coast malts. So you can get some of these places that where the distilleries are right there on the coast, and you're going to get that briny character uh, mm. some, uh, that's influenced from the, uh, the sea salt that's in the air. Uh, and Campbellton, very, very small area. I think there's only like three distilleries down there, but they're really, really delicious. Um, hints of salt, smoke, so you get a little bit of that peated aspect in there. Fruit, vanilla, and toffee uh, mingle in those rich and robust whiskeys from Campbellton. Now, this is all from the Scotch uh, Whiskey Association, so that is a um, reputable source, of course. But, uh, yeah, there is a little bit of... Uh, of differentiation between the regions and, and the flavors that you're going to get, but they're not hard and fast rules, right? It's not. Uh, it's not like wine, where I mean, you're the the grape that's grown in that region, uh, the weather and and all that dictates what that flavor profile is going to be. Or tobacco, same thing. Um, the weather, the the uh, the salt or the uh, soil content, things of that nature, are all going to impart flavor onto that uh, particular leaf. Uh, it's not necessarily this as hard and fast as those rules are, because um, you can find peated scotch from all those regions, but they might not be the main the main scotches coming out of those regions, if that makes any okay. sense. Isla is different in the sense that everything coming out of Isla is um, is heavily peated. All right, and then uh, within a single ahead. brand like Glenmorangie, do they do a peated? Like or, or, I, or does, does one distillery like just focus on peated or not peated, and they don't there are cross paths. <clears throat> yeah, for the most part. It, it, so I just pulled up uh, a list of uh, the Isla uh, distilleries here, and I'll just touch on the the notable ones. Uh, Ardbeg, uh, very notable. Uh, Brooklotic, uh, Kilchaman. I, I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, Lagavulin and Laphroaig. Now, for the most part. Those are all heavily peated. Uh, ev- just about every one of their releases is going to be heavily peated, or peated at, peated to heavily peated. Um, does Glenmorangie specifically offer a peated expression? I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say yes, but it's not the main part of their profile or their portfolio. Okay, that makes sense. So you can play on both sides of the. Absolutely, like the I said, yard. there's no hard and fast rules that I know of. Uh, that say that hey, since you're you're making your uh, your scotch in Speyside, you can't use peat. I don't think that there's any any sort of rules like that. I could be totally, completely, and utterly wrong, but I don't think that's the case. I've never heard of anything. Although I did learn something uh, while I was doing a little bit of research for this show. Um, there is a a scale <coughs> used to measure the level of peatiness in really? your yeah. Uh, in your uh, whiskey, I've never seen anyone use it, but huh. it's there is a scale. It is it measures uh, phenol parts per million. It's ppm, mm. and so and it says here some lighter whiskeys might measure up to twenty ppm. I have no idea, and it doesn't say anywhere on this bottle that I'm aware of 
what the PPM is of Lagavulin. It's, it's kind of uh, like an IBU measurement. It's the same concept that we use in beer to measure the bitterness, but that's actually used, and um, although it doesn't seem to be that popular anymore, uh, but I've never seen anyone say, oh, well, this one's got 75 PPM, so it must be really peaty. I've, I've never heard that before. I'd love to check your IBUs one of these days. Mm. I'll tell Which, you what. You know, it actually reminds me of something. Dojo, we are back! It's Wednesday, the whole team is here, it's a wild card episode! Go figure. Robbie talked everyone into drinking peated whiskey for like the 90th time. But that's no matter! We're thrilled to be here anyways, as we take this journey with the greatest audience of all time on this magical journey of flavor. And as always, we would not be able to do it without our sponsor, the greatest premium cigar brand in the world, Drew Estate. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate and ask for them at a brick and mortar shop near you. One brick and mortar that you will always be able to find Drew Estate cigars in is Smoke In. Smoke In consistently strives to offer cigar enthusiasts the best possible buying experience. This includes an industry-leading customer service, mobile-friendly layout, fast and affordable shipping, consistently affordable pricing, and access to the most sought-after cigars on the market. Smokin's knowledgeable staff is ready and waiting to aid you in your quest for finding the perfect cigar. So check out any one of their 11 brick and mortar locations or find them online at smokein.com today. Boom. Boom. Shalaka. Now, uh, boom, if you guys are boom, wondering boom. why you, you weren't doing a Scottish accent. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I tried. I, 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 I literally, mm-hmm. I, pull, I pulled up a little bit of a Hunt for Red October on YouTube this morning. I was watching a little bit of Sean Connery. I actually went and I even watched you Mel Gibson's impression of... Yeah, I, 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 I told you guys last week, I don't do impressions well. I, if I could do them better, I would bring the heat to, to, to the reads on on these days where the where, uh, uh, impression would, would work wonders. It was still good. On one? It was great. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it was well, still good. I, now, would, I would love to do Sean Connery, man. I really would. <laughs> Mitch, Mitchell Son says, I think this is the third peated scotch episode. I don't think we've ever done a peated scotch episode. We've done... Scotch episode, no, and right. we've done episodes where Robbie was drinking a peated scotch, but we've never done a peated scotch episode. No, he did one. With, I think that's uh, yeah, with, that sounds um, correct. The surgeon. I'm sure that uh, he did one with the surgeon yeah. just recently. No, that was a scotch uh, episode. There was just a scotch episode, and I don't remember what I did. But all they did no, was drank, peated. Scotch. No, I was on the show, and I did a non-peated scotch. I drank a Glendronach. It was a it was a, it was a scotch episode. Not all scotch is peated, and I was doing a non-peated scotch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's we've this. I think this is the first dedicated episode that we've had. Right. To. Uh, right. Randy, I looked it up. I don't see a uh, a peated scotch coming from Glenmorangie, 
But I, I did actually find a, an article or a, a noting that says Glen Morangy is very lightly peated, less than two ppm's. Pp. So way, like way down the scale. Um, with most heavily peated scotch coming in at 50 plus. Uh, so um, uh, Ardbeg, uh, it chimes in around uh, 70 plus. Uh, although that number has come what? down. It's not quite as, as high as it used to be. It used to be up in the 70s. Now it's more around the 50s. Is that sounds, standard. can you find what Oban is? Uh, Oban's probably, is that's probably in the 20s, 20 right? would be my guess. Yeah. Because it's, it's yeah. definitely I wouldn't on the be able to. I wouldn't even be able to like have a 70 ppm uh, in my glass in the same room. I'd it'd be rough. This is this is still pretty peaty. I, I gotta say. So I'm trying. I'm it's trying, <laughs> Robbie. I, like I'm 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 trying to channel Eric's like open mindedness for this show. Um, you know, I'm past the fact that you you hijacked my fun chance to drink that bottle of uh, a nectar door, but um, but. You, you know, I'm definitely getting. It, it's not so overpowering that that I'm not able to get the the whiskey flavor. I am getting whiskey flavor, but there is this. Um, I, you know, you calling it PPM's um, phenols actually was probably the worst thing for me because I think of all the phenols that I know, and I'm not going to use them as descriptors because I don't want to throw anybody else's Band-Aids. taste off. <laughs> but in in beer making, yes. Bandits, stomach, ones. stomach Smoking. bile, stomach bile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the phenols Ooh, that, no, that we try and avoid. Like in in uh, in uh, Eric's got a weird thing with bile. He thinks champagne tastes like bile. Which yeah, yeah. There's some of that in there. There's some of that. At real, real quick, boys. Uh, a little a YouTube poll. Um, YouTube poll. Oh, was, you're doing another poll. I'm doing a crazy poll over hold, here. Let's let me do my poll. No, no. Uh, how? I wanted to get a feel for the people on YouTube what they feel about scotch just in general. Um, so forty-two percent. What were the options? Forty-four. I'll just tell you. Just relax. Forty-two <laughs> percent of the people like scotch a lot. Forty-two percent of the people like scotch a little, and seventeen percent of the people hate it. So wait, forty-two, forty-two. 42 and 17. 42 yeah. and 17. 101%. That's how, that's how we do on okay. Jojo, Jordan. So but the point know. is, is about 80% of the people are in on scotch. Now, I yeah. did uh, another lot. poll over here, and I did whiskeys, uh, bourbon, Irish, scotch, and Japanese. Um, Japanese comes in at 5% of what people chose. Uh, Irish, 14%. And the winner is bourbon with 57%, scotch, 24%. So there you go. That's no surprise. No, I think no that's a pretty that's a pretty good representation of our audience. Don't you think, boys? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I, yeah I, it sounds I'm about not, right. I'm not surprised by the results of Jordan's. I I am surprised that so many people felt compelled. Now, now, what were the, their options? Were those the only yeah three options? Not at all. A little or a lot. Right now, yeah, I before I edit, I'm yeah. trying to get you guys' polls up there, but I don't think you guys have said what cigars you're smoking. We haven't. We yet. haven't. So we want to know we're, that. We're just, we're just getting into the show. So <laughs> we're just getting. We're, we're <laughs> almost done, but we're just getting into the show. <laughs> all right. I'll start, and right, then we'll go, go around. Ahead. I feel like I need to announce it because you guys are all over the place today. I am smoking the Miquerida. Mm, uh, it's a good pick. Uh, uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Firecracker. Thank you. Um, from our good friends at, uh, I guess it's two guys. All the firecrackers come from two guys. Uh, this was released mm-hmm. back, I think, in 2018. Uh, I feel like they did a second run mm-hmm. of them, but Correct. you can't really find these things anymore. 
it's uh, from what I hear, it's kind of front loaded with the uh, with that Lajero to get started up really quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty damn delicious cigar. I don't find it to be too overpowering. There's, it's like a chocolate bomb to me. Chocolate yeah. and a little bit of, I mean, there's spice and stuff in there, a little bit of black pepper and things of that nature. But it's a rich, full-flavored chocolate, which is what I was looking for. A little bit of that chocolate, and there's kind of like a nougaty sweetness vibe in there uh, that I wanted uh, to pair with this lag of one. So that's what I'm going with, Randy. What are you uh, smoking on today? Well, if I can just throw it, throw it in there, because I did watch your live on Monday, and, and I, I I know you knew this. It seems like you might have forgotten. So that y- you nailed everything you said about the firecracker, mi querida. Um, but, uh, so that was a super limited release, but it was so popular. That is what the Tricky Traca blend is, is oh. the mi querida firecracker, but in a different Vitola. Oh, so, okay. So, because you, you had mistakenly said, "Oh, I'm." Yeah, you know what I did? Oh, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that is the original tricky truck. Uh, yeah, it's just um, fun to say. Mikarita tricky truck. It is. It's just fun to say. It's, it is. Just it's fun just fun to say. To say. Uh, That's so, interesting. So, and thank you for the reminder. Mm-hmm. I did know that, but it obviously yeah. it escaped my mind. Uh, and I think yeah. that's probably why I maybe in the back of my mind somewhere subconsciously. Uh, gravitated towards this particular O-Bang, cigar, O-Bang, not just because it was the only Mikarita I could find. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, great. The uh, so again, I watched your live on Monday, and I went with you. You, you said there was no. two cigars that you were considering, and you were kind of kind of waffling between the Mikiri the Tricky Chaka and the Hoya the Ninja Ragua. No day. No day. Hoya Nicaragua. Hoya Ninja Ragua. Hoya de Nicaragua. No Ninja Hoya Ninja Ragua. that? <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, if, if you guys ha- hadn't seen these, these actually re-released recently um, w- if through Smoke In with the uh, the Ninja Star um, Challenge coin. But this is the uh, Cigar Tojo collaboration with Hoya de Nicaragua. Um, one of the things I always love, uh, uh, Jordan always goes crazy about this one and always says Hershey's chocolate syrup. <coughs> and so... Uh, it, 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 it made sense uh, to me that you had kind of identified this as um, you've already stated that you think that uh, a, a big chocolate uh, t- touch to the cigar really helps the pairing uh, when going with the peated scotch. I think with yours specifically, I, I think the reason that I like that cigar for what you're pairing is it's not it's chocolatey, but it's not over the top. It's not too mm-hmm. chocolatey. It's it's a little bit of sweet chocolate. It's not. You know, it's not a ton of black chocolate or, or black chocolate, dark chocolate. It's just a little bit of that sweet chocolate up front, maybe even like a little milk chocolate vibe. Uh, but right. it's not over the top. It's really, really good. Uh, and I've had, I've done a little chocolate. My neighbor's chocolate doing rain. Like He's doing something. Can you guys hear that? No. He's like revving up his engine. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, anyway, uh, I've done a, a chocolate flight i guess you'd say with uh the open 14 and it's it's delicious until you get to like i don't know what the percentage is for dark chocolate when it starts becoming dark chocolate uh like 50 mm-hmm. percent or whatever once you get to that point 82 percent just kidding i don't know 80 no it's I just made that I've, up. I've had one that's 90 it's terrible um but uh, once you get uh, into that bitterness it throws it off but that pairing is really well one thing that goes also goes really really well with that open 14 randy is uh, some dried candied ginger. Mm. It's a very oh. nice palate cleanser, but it that. also has a little yeah. bit of sweetness. Yeah. I had never would have thought of it, but uh, my wife and I toured the facility uh, at Oban um, a 
couple of years ago. There's a fly getting all up in my business. Um, and at the end of the tour, they gave it was just to hang out in the room. Everybody got a full pour in their you know Glencairn glass, and they gave everybody a little bowl of uh, dried candied ginger, and it was life changing. Uh, fun fact. Mm. The uh, image of me that we use in our logo, where I'm kind of looking up to the whatever direction that is, was taken right out in front of the Oban Distillery. I'm looking up at the sign. Um, so happy. You were so young. That's, yeah, I was. I, I, There's very little white in my beard. <laughs> I hadn't met Randy yet. Like, life was good. Man. Um, now yeah, That's just a little fun fact. Um, so, boys, I know you're drinking the same thing as me, uh, but I'm curious uh, what you're smoking. Jordan? I I went with uh, Herreras de Lee Brazilian Maduro. Nice. Uh, so we got a Brazilian Matafina. Come on, thing. Uh, Brazilian Matafina wrapper, uh, uh, Connecticut River Broadleaf binder, all Nicaraguan filler. Uh, I always got kind of an earthy, almost not smoky, but yeah, it's almost in that vein. Uh, I thought it mm-hmm. might pair well. I boys went with the Flying Pig version of the Swamp Thing. I've Whoa. got a Drew Estate Kentucky Fired Cured Swamp Thing pig, which features <laughs> candela on the uh, bottom half of the cigar and uh, Kentucky Fired Cured on the top. And I got to say, this drink is making this cigar a star because this cigar tastes great right now. Like I got it. I so the drink's that bad. I was not expecting that this cigar could would shine like this because I'm not a big uh, Kentucky Fire Cured guy, but I'm enjoying this cigar greatly. I'm ch- I'm trying my best, Robbie, to enjoy this. But to me, there's just this diesel-y, like, like a diesel uh, uh, flavor, a diesel fuel flavor to the drink. Um, but the cigar, you know what? This is this is how you pair this cigar. Like right here, folks. If you want to have the Swamp Thing, pair it with. The Scotch, uh, peaty Scotch, because it turns this cigar into a superstar. Like, this is tasting great. Salty. It's got some smoky flavor, and I think that this is cutting out some of the smoky flavor from this. Uh, so it's turning this it, cigar into a very enjoyable experience. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting pairing. Um, dude, this fly is killing me. Yeah, I don't um, think I've ever done uh, the Swamp Thing, but with the um, – we did do the Pappy um, – which version of it is, is is it? It's not the family reserve. We did the higher end one where it's a two by uh, or a two wrapper scenario, right. kind of similar to that, but it's like a natural on the bottom and a Maduro up at the, uh, t- more towards the head. Even Matt Ty, um, the uh, if, if I remember my experience on that Pappy uh, Drew Estate made cigar, Eric, it, even though the fire cured wrapper is up towards the mouth, like. Um, just having the smoke pass through it, the whole thing tastes fairly smoky, correct? Well, like I said, like I, I'm, yeah, I would think so. Um, but paired with this ve- very overpoweringly peated scotch, it it totally masks that. And so what I'm getting oh. right now is a nice salty note from the tobacco and i'm not getting that overly powering um smoky taste from the kentucky fired cured like like right now i'm i'm enjoying the cigar i really am i i i'm not even i'm not lying i'm not i'm not being i'm being completely honest and i'm not a big 
Kentucky Fire Cure guy, but this is right. this tastes good. But I think part of it is because this scotch is, and and Robbie will tell you this is really really peaty. Um, so I think it it kind of it balances that out, and it's it's helping this cigar sort of like shine. Hmm. For just for reference here, Randy, um, I'm looking for a PPM. I'm, I'm obsessed with this now that I know that it exists. You should say PP for for Open Fourteen. Um, I can't seem to find uh, an exact number, but it seems like it's somewhere between three and eight. So it's really, really low on the scale. Uh, the Lagavulin checks in at 35. So it is, oh, uh, okay. it's, it's up there on, on that scale. Um, at least that's according to the internet. Again, who really cares about the scale? But uh, just it's like IBUs for a beer, like they could yeah, say it has a billion IBUs, but like, does that really mean anything? Does it, Randy? <laughs> well, it does. Subjective. It does. We, uh, let's let's not get uh, let's not get sidetracked with that. Um, it's made of it, scale. It it's a made of scale, you guys. Uh, it, 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 it it's is. really not. Eric, we're gonna need to talk about getting that mute button on our <laughs> side of this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so so okay, but but let's let's go ahead and get into the flavors. I I, I liked what what Eric was saying. Yeah. Honestly, the way he said that kind of made me wish I had gone uh, maybe saltier. Uh, myself, but but let's hear uh, how you're enjoying your pairing, how the two are going together as we wrap up this peated Scotch wild card, Ruby. Well, for me, it's um, you know this is kind of akin to any kind of strong flavor, right? So if you get used to it, like remember Randy when um, we've used this analogy before, when uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale hit the market, it was the hoppiest thing on the planet. And you taste it, and you're like, oh, my God, it just blows you away. Like, nobody even knew what hoppy was until right. that beer existed. And now you drink it, and it's like, eh, you know, just drink that on a hot day. It's not hoppy at all. It's, you know, it's yeah. IBUs are like 20 or something. It's like it's way down on the list. But at, well, the first time you have it, boom, it blows you out of the water. Uh, same thing, I would say, with, uh, like, Esteli Lajero. The first time you smoke a, a heavily, uh, a heavy Lajero cigar, triple Lajero, something like that. You're just blown away by the strength and the pepper and all this. And then, you know, you get a little bit, your palate gets used to it. So for me, this is a very pleasant scotch to drink. It's smoky, but it's not overly smoky. I get more sweetness out of it than I do, uh, like residual perceptive sweetness, whatever you want to call it, uh, from this than I do uh, a smoky note. So adding that kind of dry chocolate flavor uh, that I get from... um, the Mikirita, along with some black pepper spice. This isn't exactly what I wanted it to do. I feel like I'm camping. Like, if I were, uh, you know, about ready to, uh, I, the only thing that's missing is, you know, having a fishing pole in the water and, you know, trying to catch dinner. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, got a steak cooking, you know, in the background. This is, this is a very, uh, I don't know, down to earth kind of pairing for, I don't know if that mm. even makes sense, but it just makes me feel like I'm out, I'm camping, I haven't showered in three days. Like, I'm just getting after life. I'm living my best life. The beard's really, really long. I, I just, you know, killed a wild boar. Like, I, I feel like I'm. this is like a manly freaking pairing right here, right? It's a big cigar. This is a big whiskey. I really, really dig it. It's exactly what I, what I was hoping for. There's some synergy there with the sweetness, but that black pepper spice really sets it off for me. Uh, more so than the chocolate, really. 
I really so it's do. a thumbs up if that's where we're going with this. That's oh, a thumbs yeah. Up for me. Well, sure. Yeah, it's about that time. I'm 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 a little surprised. I didn't know you had such an aspiration for like Grizzly Adams type type pairings. Grizzly Adams. Uh, I, I feel like I just want to like rip some bark <laughs> off a tree and chew on it right now. Like it's it feels like an old spice commercial, you know? I was thinking the same thing when you said rip bark off a tree. Um, okay, uh, for me, I, again, I, I do appreciate that you, you took it easy and, and uh, geared me towards something that was less peaty. Because I'll tell you what, this is still far too much peat uh, for me to enjoy uh, this beverage either on its own or I, ca- I, I honestly can't imagine any cigar that, that could like really like wrangle this in and make it uh, highly enjoyable. Um, but, I, but I am glad that you... Um, kind of geared me towards the cigar that you did because it does have some nice sweetness it does have some nice intensity uh, it has some nice pepper and so as long as i don't drink too much of the scotch the cigar does kind of overpower some of that and kind of push it back um to the back this is a thumbs down for me um but but i i hate saying that because like to to eric's point uh in the beginning of the show I, i feel bad saying you know even rating this knowing that i come in with a I, I, I apologize to the audience. I have a high adversity to, to the peated smoke uh, character. Um, I, I, it distracts me. It, it bothers my palate. I, I have a hard time enjoying flavor. Man, <laughs> it's been the, it's been a hot minute since either of you guys. I feel like gave a, a pairing a thumbs down. I like to see it. It's been too long. <laughs> well, it's, it, that's that's kind of the nature of the uh, of the competition episodes, right? We're Oh, I like to think to that Randy and I know right. what we're, we know what we're doing when it comes to pairing. So That's when we're we're not we're uh, we're untethered in, in our mm-hmm. pairing, mm-hmm. other than we're drinking the same thing or we're smoking the same thing. So right. I like to think that we can. You know, we're that's actually that's up. actually a really interesting point that Jordan made, though, right? Like when we were starting off the show and we were like locked into these pairings that we would have never chosen other than like the alphabet, sure. you know, geared us towards it. We ended up with a lot um, less, uh, you know, good pairings in, in, in this last season and a half here. We have really been like driving towards just like trying to outdo each other with the best pairings that we could possibly put together. So um, right. I hadn't actually uh, I hadn't actually uh, kind of connected those thoughts. So it's interesting that you put point that out, Jordan. I'm going to have to. Um, maybe more force thumbs down even further outside of my well n- not that I'm aiming for a thumbs down but push myself further outside of my comfort level of like I'm not sure how this is gonna go yeah you know because I, I, right. I suggest I suggest based on the way that this episode went and the vitriol that I've uh, been uh, forced to deal with as the show goes on don't get out of your comfort zone because it just it 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 makes you get very upset. Everybody gets <laughs> That's upset. That's the show, Eric though. Is in a good mood. <laughs> but, other, but other than that, it's like I feel like, okay, I'm just trying to slog through this and, uh, and, and, and take the beating uh, as, we, as we go. Um, so maybe, Randy, you should just stay in your comfort zone. I'll get out of mine because I'm cool with that, but you seem to be very, very upset about it. It's really, it's really just a peat. I don't know what it, it teaches is. you more. There's, there is, there is almost no peat in that scotch you're drinking. I'd be Oof. curious if I were to pour that for you blind and tell you that none of these are peated. If mm-hmm. you would, if you would tell even me, pick tell up me any smoke, what do you, which is your favorite one of these three bourbons, and see if it's all in my head or if I actually pick up on no. you show. Yeah, that, so, that would be a good. That would be that would be fun actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious. It, 
I, I got I got to throw out there. I I, I got to give credit. Um, I, I keep missing the names. I got to give credit. I, I like the Lafroy um, Camacho Barrel Age. That sounds like a fun one. I feel like the Barrel Age could yeah. probably really give some structure Lefroig's and tough, depth. Lafroy is tough. That's a beast. That's there, that there's is a, there's another comment. Beast. I don't know if you can find it, Jordan. Um, someone was smoking. Well, I'm sure Jordan has picked a few for a us pappy. to vote on, right? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. We're gonna vote on some, right, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So let's, I, I know that I'll I'll throw it back to the dugout. I know you guys are both thumbs down, but uh, give me your ultimate uh, ultimate feelings. Um. All right. So just real quick, um, I'd like to try a peated scotch that was maybe more what Randy is drinking, like a, a less uh, peated scotch. Um, this peated scotch, this Lagavulin, um, it's just it to me it tastes like diesel fuel or something like it's so incredibly bad like i can't even, <laughs> i can't imagine anybody ever wanting to put this in their mouth uh that being said um the cigar actually is performing well i'm getting some nice salt notes and even some sweet notes from the cigar um the drew estate kentucky fired cured swamp thing uh, actually pretty good. Uh, I would never in a million years recommend this particular pairing, like this exact scotch, with any cigar ever, so I have to give it a thumbs down for me. But um, that's not to say that it isn't a, a way to enjoy this particular cigar. I don't know if like it's in the course of doing this show that we've done more scotches, but this doesn't seem too peaty to me. Um, hmm. the, the scotch is... Eh, medium to medium light in body, whereas the cigars medium to medium full. The cigar is definitely taking the lead, um, but I think I like the the smokiness that the, the, the drink is giving to the cigar. And I was gonna I was gonna kind of go along the same way that uh, Robbie described the campfirey sort of essence of this. The, the cigar is very earthy, um, and it's got it's got some cocoa. It's got some molasses kind of character to it. Um, and I like, I kind of, I don't mind that smokiness that the that the Lagavulin has given to the cigar. I'm going to go thumbs up. So maybe you need some chocolate wow. notes. Um, yeah, cho- chocolate's definitely the way to go, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. The black pepper, to me, uh, the blast of black, black pepper from this Miki Rita that I get on the retrohale really does um, lighten things up, uh, if that mm. makes any sense. Um, it kind of cuts through, I should say, is a better way to yeah. put it. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, what we should have done, I should have just had Steve Saka on the show um, because he's a big peated scotch guy, and it would have just been much more entertaining than uh, dealing with just, uh, the, the, just you the, and just, you and just Steve. the constant speaking, negativity. Speaking uh, Jordan, of which, I, oh, sorry, but which, the the sco- scotch kind of reminds me of like you know uh, um, Saka did the you know the the pipe series. Scotch kind of reminds me of like pipes if you're going to compare mm. pipes and cigars and bourbon and and scotch together scotch is like that goes along with the pipes and bourbon goes along with the cigars in my mind yeah i think that's you may not uh, you may not you may be on to something there with that with the, the stillwell mm. star i believe is the cigar that yeah. you're referring yeah. to stillwell um and when you go with the more english uh style not the aromatics cuz you're going to get into a lot of the bright fruity flavors and the candy kind of flavor um but the uh, the more uh, English uh, English styles, and I, 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 it's been a while since I smoked a pipe, so I've lost the vernacular. But uh, there is uh, a term for the particular um, particular type of uh, 
of tobacco, and I can't come up with it, but it is more of an English style, uh, definitely not an aromatic. But I, I understand what you're saying, and I think you're right. You think you're it's you're going to get a lot of those same types of flavors. You might run into some palate fatigue, you know, with the, too much of the too much of the same stuff at the, at one time. But uh, but anyway, uh, I do appreciate Jordan that you're uh, you're opening your mind a little bit uh, to this. And it's not, I mean, it's peated scotch is not for everybody. I fell into it because my wife bought me a bottle, and I did my husbandly duties and, and drank it. Um, I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. She just brought it home one day, and um, and I thought it was terrible. Um, but I uh, I drank the full glass that she poured, and then I didn't drink it again until she brought it up again, and then I drank it some more. And uh, after the third or fourth time, I thought, you know, this is still pretty damn good. I normally drink it in the colder months. Um, I'm pretty seasonal with my beverages, but... Um, it's uh, it's not an everyday thing, but it is something that I do like to go to, and I have several uh, peated expressions in the bar, uh, but they last for me. They last a while because Dana doesn't drink it. Um, she doesn't really drink any scotch, really. But uh, for me, I, I I do find myself reaching for it every now and again. I probably reach for uh, a peated scotch the same amount of times that I reach for like a heavy barrel proof bourbon, like something that's because to me they're kind of akin in the sense that they're they're very different in ABV, but they're just so in your face. Uh, and so intense in the flavor uh, side of things that uh, it's not an everyday thing for me. But I'm gonna take uh, right what's going to take the dark. Were, were you going for Burley? Uh, the, uh, Burley, is, Burley is one of Virginia and Perique. Perique. Perique is the one that's really, really strong. Um, thank you, Randy. Um, I don't know if that's exactly the one that I'm thinking of, but uh, there's there's some there's one that's got like a frog sitting on a toadstool. Uh, or a toad sitting on a toadstool, um, and, he's, and he's like, and he's playing a violin. I can't remember which one that is, but it's uh, that one is very specifically uh, goes very very well. And I've smoked, uh, I've I've packed a few bowls, as they say, uh, with uh, some some peated scotch of that. I know I have that somewhere in the house, but I don't remember what it's called. Uh, There's a fairly popular brand, if memory serves. But um, but yeah, I think that the Perique is the one that's the really really strong um, smoky flavor. Thank you. All right, so I got some uh, audience pairings, you guys. Um, yeah, we got Mike Smith pairing. I don't know. I don't know how to say this. The La 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 Proig, uh, uh, select. Lafroig. Lafroig. Yep. select with Camacho American barrel aged. Sorry, I butchered nice. that so bad. Um, we got Lagavulin sixteen with Padron nineteen sixty four Maduro. Ooh, Ooh sweet. Nice. Oh. The salty characteristic, because uh, who mentioned that their cigar was salty? Eric. Somebody I, did. Yeah, I did. Eric yeah. did. And I think a, a salty characteristic is nice here, too, because it, it's going to yeah. cut through the same way uh, that, that, that uh, for me, the sharp black pepper does. Uh, some others? Randy Harrison had a uh, Connemara peated Irish whiskey with an Opulence 3. Mm. Oh, that was Ooh. yesterday. I don't even know if we can count that. <laughs> yeah, we can. Enough. We'll count it. Uh, we got a uh, Joe Machado smoking a Saints and Sinners with a Caola uh, Scotch. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Kaula? Joe, I'm not even sure uh, I don't know what that which, is. What Scotch you're working with? But it sounds these Scotches. Sounds I cannot pronounce them. Kevin O'Connor, whatever Islay Scotch that is Brook, with Brooklodic uh, <laughs> Sober Mesa. Oh, that's a good one too. I like that. I like that a lot. Brooklodic, yeah, that's a good choice. Barry. Is doing a Tomatin 12 aged so, in sherry cask with a placentia of 149. Tomatin, yeah, I don't think that's like uh, peated, but that's a very good whiskey. Tomatin 12. Uh, I mean, again, you just tell that me that makes berry the winner cask. just by default. 
And then <laughs> we can do one more if you guys want. Although you'd say it was Smokey Randy. It's uh, probably Smokey what you're drinking. Go ahead. Bill Powers, my father, El Ijo, uh, smoke in with the uh, Bomar 12. Bomar is nice, too. See, um, Bo- yeah, the Bomar, the Bo- Bomar I, I have that one. That's also not peated and wonderful. Correct. I mean, That means that Bill and Barry did this best, but sticking with the peated, uh, I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote for, I believe it was number two, I believe it was Nathan Smith. You sold me at giving us the descriptors of sweet and salty. Yeah, that's that's a real nice pairing there, going with the Lag 16, the Padron. I'm going to go with uh, the one who's drinking the Bricklotic, uh, and I can't remember what the, and it was the— Kevin was O'Connor? The, was the Sober Mesa, yeah. Oh, with that's, the Sober Mesa, that's, the, the original. That's an interesting pairing because the Sober Mesa is not uh, super strong. Um, I'm curious, Kevin, how that pairing turned out for you, because that sounds really, really interesting to me. The Bricklotic Islay is uh, is good. Uh, I've had that one. Uh, it's kind of their, I don't know if it's like their basic one, but it's it's um, it's not a basic one. It's uh, like 14 year or something like that, but it is very, very tasty. You guys would hate it, but I, Jordan, you might like it, but I think it is uh, it is delicious. So yeah, nice pairings. I'm glad to see that we had uh, several uh, several of the folks out there. Well, yeah, dipping 80% their toe percent of people the, uh, like, like like Scotch better than the three of us. Um, but 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 I but I will say if if you ever trick me into doing this again, I'm definitely now I'm gonna like make a mental note that salty. Just as soon as Eric said he was getting saltiness from that swamp thing, it just rung true in my ears. Like, I bet salt would help me to kind of like for, for some of these flavors to be a little bit more manageable on my palate. You talk about it like you're eating, you know, burnt wood. I think is what we all agree. The guy who was <laughs> distilling that walked past some peat. That's all he did. He walked at it. He looked at it. It's like it's like a super super rare steak that you think is is uh, is well done. Uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate you guys playing along. Uh, Who won, Jordan? I'll take that, I'll take that bottle off. Well, your they hands. each gave different uh, winners. Yeah. Um, oh, how do we? Yeah, how do we? Oh, uh, well, you, reconcile well, you guys that? need to tie tie break. So so of the two we chose, we got the the nineteen sixty four Padron Maduro. With the Lagavulin, the same thing you guys are drinking, mm. or the the Brudic, which is similar. It's also an Islay Scotch, so it's going to be smokier, along with that Sober Mesa, the the original. I, I I'd have to go with the uh, Padron. Yeah, I have to go uh, with the Padron. It has the uh, you know the San Andreas. Uh, it was just sort of a it's. You know the way they do that wrapper is they they yeah. smoke it in the curing barns, and it's going to have that smoky kind of character to it. I think that would be a good pairing. Nathan All right, Stewart, you are the winner. Uh, what about who won over Robbie and Randy? Okay, so let's take I a look. I want everyone out there to remember who voted against me for weeks and weeks because of the cucumber debacle. <laughs> <laughs> we, should be. We, so need a, we need a T-shirt that says the cucumber debacle. One of you, yeah. One of you guys has 35%, and one of you guys has 65%. Who do we think it is? I'm going to uh, guess Robbie uh, is the winner. Oh, it's changing. Uh, as I'm, Now it's 63 to 38. I think it's probably Randy. It's Robbie. Right. Be, I'm going to guess Robbie. I'm going to take, take a screenshot so we can save this thing here. It is now, officially, 63% Robbie with the Mikarita Lagavulin 16. 
You know, you know what's interesting is on YouTube I did the same poll, and Robbie got sixty-two percent to Randy's thirty-seven percent, so it's almost identical. identical. That's pretty crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. So. uh, Yeah, I think our YouTube audience has been growing recently, and so as we're getting away from you know when we first we were still so new to YouTube just a few months ago, I think we had a much smaller sample size, so just a couple of votes. (laughs) Through these like wild variants, it in it. It and, and it makes sense. This would start uh, to it, kind of go towards the mean. It, it, it makes sense that the votes would lean towards me. Just because <laughs> <this is laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't mean it like that. I just I mean it in the sense that that I forced you guys to do this, uh, and I know that. I mean, you made it abundantly clear. That I like. We need it. to push the boundaries uh, more, you guys. I like this. This is I'm, good. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying I'm to that. to wake up your palates a little yeah. bit. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Uh, just make me drink. Uh, I don't know. I I was a trooper through the uh, mescal episode, and that's smoky too. It's funny. Like, that's Randy, true. You like mescal, don't you? That's true. Yeah. I I, I don't, I don't like, like it at all. Smokiness. I just don't like peat. Mm-hmm. The, the whole rotten. It's a different smoke. Yeah. Element. It is a different type. Is of smoke. what gets me. Yeah. I would go mescal. If between the two, I'd go mescal. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I, I I just for some something about mescal I don't really like. Uh, make you, me drink you tequila. Put one there you go. Then we'll be even. You put one but, of those uh, like uh, those worker helmets with the two like things. Fill those with mezcal on a tube, and I'd be fine. Plus, <laughs> Robbie, you drink you, if you drink a few glasses of mezcal, like the dreams you have that night. I mean, it's it's life changing. I mean, you'll. No, you're thinking of mescaline. You're thinking of mescaline. <laughs> <laughs> that could that could be too. A little bit different. A little bit different. All right, what's going on at Smoke Night Live this Friday? Guys, Friday, this is the big night, everybody. Ooh, Friday's the big ooh. night. We are releasing uh, Friday at noon the uh, our Perdomo 10th anniversary cigar. Uh, so I've, I've, got a few, I've, had, I've had a few questions, so I'm going to answer them right now on the show. Uh, I describe this cigar as uh, tasting like caramel and salted peanuts. And then oh. people were like, does it have? Is it? Is it infused? So this is an infused cigar, then, right? No, this is not an infused cigar. Uh, it's just. It is the. It is the same cigar that you're very familiar with, the Perdomo 10th Anniversary Champagne. It's just in a different size. the The most popular size of this cigar is a six by fifty four. So Jordan and I said, "Hey, the filler in this cigar is so good. Let's just give. Let's just add a little bit more filler. So it's just a tad bit more filler. It's a six by fifty six. Um, so the cigar goes on sale Friday at noon on JR Cigars. Uh, it's very limited. It's going to sell out very quickly. So you guys want to get a box or two at least um, because it is absolutely phenomenal. It comes in a really cool uh, commemorative uh, dojo box. And then that night on Smoke Night Live, we're going to have two Nicks, two Nicks on the show. Uh, Nick Perdomo, obviously, will be talking about this, how this cigar came to be, not just our version of it, but how did the champagne which is one of the top selling cigars right. in the world how did that cigar come to be why does it have a yellow cellophane we're going to answer all those questions on the show and then um, jr cigars nick labretti will also be joining us uh to talk about how the sale went that day and we're going to talk about it's our 10th anniversary what has happened in the last 10 years in nick perdomo's life in nick labretti's life in jordan's life in my life there's a lot has happened in 10 years, and so we're going to talk about that on the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. That comes Friday. The week after that, uh, we'll have Christopher Hart, uh, Whiskey Neat uh, podcast, one of the biggest whiskey podcasts in the world. Maybe we'll bring up this um, peated scotch topic to uh, to Christopher on that show. So we got a whole bunch of really cool shows coming up on Smoke Night Live, boys. 
Beautiful. Okay. I want to uh, give uh, just a, a shout out to uh, to Derek Rose for that uh, Point Break uh, callback with the Utah. Get me to yeah, it. I saw that. Nice. Um, that. The uh, point of clarification, Eric. Am I just crazy to think that when you say it's a six by fifty-six, is that a parejo or was it not uh, box press? This parejo. is a parejo. It is a parejo. Okay, yeah. thank you. And the boxes come. There's eight. There's eight cigars in it. It's eighty bucks. Um, eight cigars in a box. What a concept! It's a it's right? a really cool size box because it's affordable. <laughs> it's affordable. Yeah. It's eighty bucks. Yeah. So yeah. you know you can. If you if you can only afford a, a box, great. If you can get two or three, that's even better. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna buy like four or five yeah, of them this because is at least a three I, box. we've been smoking them nonstop since they came in, and they're literally absolutely phenomenal. Buttery, butterscotch type of flavor, a little bit of close, salt. Close to two hour smoke. Yeah, so you're gonna get your money's worth. Nice. You know, nice. it's it's funny that cigar uh, really struck me as like you know when I first got into cigars, I was really trying to smoke the like the boutique, the small batch, the limiteds. And I really didn't delve into like the more mainstream, uh, more available cigars. And I got the uh, the first champagne I ever smoked came in like a a, a a cigar of the month club, and I was blown away. That is a fantastic freaking cigar. I know my boy uh, Phil um, down in Fresno. He starts every single day of his life with a champagne. That is a great cigar. I'm very excited about the new Vitola. Congratulations! Can't wait for that to come out. Um, Robbie, guess what? I'm ready to talk about segment two. There you go. Because I was going to throw it back to you, and I wasn't sure if you were prepared for it, but I'm glad you are (laughs) because, Randy, you are uh, usually uh, the consummate professional. Uh, Occasionally, you have your off days. But uh, I'm glad that you are uh, redeeming uh, one of those, and uh, you have our next segment ready to go, Randy. I'm pumped for this segment. Touche. I have uh, here um, a little bit of information. We actually have the, um, should I just announce segment two and three topically? I don't have to list everything. Sure. Um, but uh, as, as we've gotten into this, we've really enjoyed doing these like kind of challenge episodes where we're all uh, either smoking or drinking the same thing. And then everyone brings their own secondary element to that pairing. And we see who did it best. Um, well, we all have that one core element. And so um, this this season we we get made it a little bit more um, strategic, and we're we're going to be pivoting back and forth from the beverage being the theme to the cigar being the theme, and back and forth, um, kind of keep it uh, keep it fluid and fun. So obviously segment one we started with the um, the De Serono, the almond extract. Uh, I'm sorry, the almond liqueur. We are switching over to a cigar. This is a fun one because this I, I feel like we haven't smoked a ton of these cigars, uh, you know, in general on the show, Robbie. We are going to be smoking Dominican cigars. Uh, nice. Now, there was a big conversation internally between Robbie and I about, um, you, you know, we threw out the idea of doing puros for these segments. And we decided that was a little bit more limiting than we wanted to do. We, did, we didn't want to be too similar each week. And so we, we are keeping it a little bit kind of loose the way we identify what a Dominican cigar is. And ultimately what I would tell you that we came to the conclusion of is they have to be a cigar that are sig- significantly representative of Dominican cigar flavor profile. So whether that means it 
is using primarily Dominican uh, tobacco or rolled in the Dominican Republic, those were not criteria. These cigars are, are very Dominican in, in essence and, and the, the sense and the vibe and the feeling that they give you is, is, is very Dominican. Um, so on July 27th, we will start. Oh, shoot. Today's July 27th. OK, so uh, uh, a week from today on uh, August mm -hmm. 3rd, we will be uh, kicking off the Dominican cigar segment. We will be kicking it off with uh, one of my absolute favorites. In, in this segment, uh, the Davidoff Grand Cru. We will then follow that up with none other than the Arturo Fuente Hemingway. We're going to come back and we wanted to let you guys know ahead of time they're out there. If you don't have one in your humidor, I know that they can be had. I know they're tough, but we'll then go to the LFD Andalusian Bull. Oh. Uh, something you know we, we all thought would be a lot of fun to get to smoke on, on the show and we don't get a chance to. And then we're going to finish with a heavy hitter in the Ashton ESG. Um, so these are all very, very Dominican in nature. Um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, all four of these do come from the Dominican Republic. Um, and then uh, uh, post uh, Dominican cigars, we'll have a wild card. And then we're going to go into German beers. And we are going to celebrate uh, the month of September with you guys, um, celebrating Oktoberfest the way it was supposed to be done, where uh, the festivities actually end at the beginning of October, not begin at the beginning of October. So German beers will follow Dominican cigars. But again, starting next week, we're going to kick off David D Davidoff, Grand Cru, Arturo Fuente Hemingway, LFD Andalusian Bull, and the Ashton ESG. Beautiful. Looking forward to that, uh, Randy. Thank you for having that information so closely at hand. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, thanks, you guys, for uh, sticking with us as we uh, went through some peated scotch here today. Uh, I saw that a bunch of people did the pairings, and I'm glad that you all uh, played along. You found something that was fun. I did get a text from our good friend Hall of Famer Kevin Acuff uh, saying that his uh, pairing was uh, quite epic. So that's, uh, that's exciting to hear. I'm glad that uh, there's some peated scotch drinkers out there. Not too many in this room, but uh, some of you guys are out there, so that's a good thing. Uh, everybody, uh, have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next Wednesday as the odyssey continues.